Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. There's nothing more disappointing than a hire that does not work out, especially when the person hired was someone you were convinced would be a great hire. Now, conventional wisdom says, Hire slow, fire fast. But we all know this almost never happens because we are too concerned with filling the role fast to triage our pain. Maybe if we really hired slowly, the interview would produce much stronger results. To break the hire fire cycle, we must ignore our assumptions about the person's resume and start by gathering evidence. And this evidence that supports proper decision making that ensures a successful hire. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Hire Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest people by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Jason Sherman. Now, Jason is a successful innovator, award-winning filmmaker, published author, tech startup expert, and the co-founder of video friendship app Spinner. Jason's methodologies on entrepreneurship, data-driven decisions are his main source of education for those he helps worldwide. His startup book, Strap on Your Boots, is the culmination of his life's work to help other entrepreneurs succeed with a podcast of the same name and is the focus of a class he created called Startup Essentials. Jason is also fluent in Spanish and a classically trained violinist and has been featured on Fox Emmy award-winning futurist TV show Exploration Earth 2050, which is what makes Jason the perfect expert for today's topic. Jason, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, my friend. So we're talking a little bit about cutting the cycle of the higher fire, higher fire, higher fire, and it goes on and on and on and on. It's almost like pie, right? <laughs> Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day, man. I'm Bill Murray here. Oh, that's right. Groundhog's Day. That's probably a better example than pie. So we're going to talk about how to kind of break this higher fire cycle and, well, why first you need to do it and then second, how to do it. So let's start with the challenge, my friend. You've kind of lived this. I think all of us as entrepreneurs have lived this Groundhog's Day episode. What was kind of the biggest challenge for you? I mean, uh, currently in, in this startup, it's been about finding people who really care about the company itself and like the vision of what we're trying to achieve uh, out in the world. Uh, things have changed. I mean, you know, I've been running startups for 10, 20 years, and it was so much easier uh, pre-social media, pre-pandemic, pre-lots of things that it made it easier to get people involved in things. Um, as time went on, finding those people who care has been very challenging. I think people care, but you have to somehow tether to what they care about. It's almost like that purpose-driven message that you're putting out there has become way more important to people, especially in the younger generation. Absolutely. And everyone nowadays treats a job with minimal amount of effort, you know, there's that whole quiet quitting and the, the, the great resignation and all these <laughs> things happening where kids are just not putting in a lot of effort. And so that kind of trickles on into startups too, because we need people to work even harder than traditional jobs because traditional jobs have like a set schedule and it's like a set job. Startups, you wear a lot of hats. You have to be prepared to put in a lot of hours and we're not seeing that. We're just not seeing that. Well, that brings up a good point because a lot of people are kind of there for the paycheck and avoiding having people there for the paycheck at all costs should be 
what we think about more so than anything else. It's more important than actually filling the role fast. Yeah, and, and we saw something just this past weekend is a great example. We had this uh, event where we were filming content for our social media platforms, and a couple of the people who did a really horrible job uh, were just kept asking about when were they going to get paid, when were they going to get paid, and, and uh, you know we kept saying, but you didn't really perform what we needed, and here you are demanding payment. Like at least do the job well first. So it just goes to show you, people really just want to get paid. They don't really care about the quality of. I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but some people don't care about the quality of work. They just want to get that paycheck as quickly as possible. This really has a lot to do with positioning and how your company is positioned to maybe solve their pain. So if you're just a paycheck, you definitely don't want to be that if you're trying to build an organization. Absolutely. We need enthusiastic people who are interested about helping people make new friends. That's really the, the, the goal here. There's a mission behind it. I feel like probably a good portion of the population are there for the paycheck because they haven't really found that thing that makes them passionate. But there are those people that they get in, they understand it, they get it, they want it, and they have the capacity to do the work, and those are the ones that become your A players. And, and the issue is uh, finding those A players, right? How do, you know, onboarding B, C, D, E, F players, and then hopefully finding one A player out of the out of the mix. I mean, we're kissing a lot of frogs to find that one prince or princess, you know, and it's it's time consuming. That's the thing though. When you hire B, C, D level players, it's almost impossible to attract A players. But then once you have a couple of A players on board, you gotta build around them more A players because otherwise they're gonna leave. And the A players are the A players are the ones that are kind of dictating and setting an example as to here's the quality of work that I'm doing, you should be following suit. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing more of that. Yeah. And if you can't do it, GTFO, right? Like <laughs> You're SOL. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Why has it been important to your company to kind of solve this revolving door of higher fire? Well, because, you know, simply put, we are a startup. And when you're a startup, you know, you know, you have a certain amount of time that you have to get to market before others might start to copy you and or uh, you may become irrelevant because we, we started this company actually 10 years ago under a different name, different concept. And, you know, we were able to do really well with that company. But over the years, we realized it just wasn't the right, you know, mission or, or concept anymore. So we had to pivot. So we know, we know now that we are at the exact right time for what we're launching because the pandemic has crushed friendships and the, the pandemic has made people stay at home. So our goal is to get them back out again now that they're dying to get outside. So we, so for us, feeding that that hiring um, you know, loop that just keeps going in circles, we got to break through it so that we can get the right people to help us push the messaging and the branding out as quickly as possible and, effectively, and as effectively as possible. That's definitely, you mentioned a key element there, time. I find that, again, as I mentioned in the opening, time is usually the big factor in making hiring decisions, too, that are not necessarily good hiring decisions for yourself. Because maybe you haven't interviewed a whole bunch of people, but you have somebody who kind of looks good, and you're hoping they're going to do good. They check off some of the boxes for you on what you like to see. And often there might be like another offer pending, or for some reason something gets sped up. And then the decision's made, they make the hire, and then it's cross your fingers and hope to God that it works out. 
We've been through the ringer on that one. I mean, you know, we've had the, the resumes and the portfolios and like the amazing Zoom call where the person was literally the perfect A player who then never showed up to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that those were the worst, you know, when someone just doesn't show up on Monday. Um, then you have, like you said, the, the people we had that were pretty good. Maybe they were B players and, and they just got a job offer and left. You know, and um, and so and we can't stop that, you know, because we can't match the pay of a real Fortune 500 company because we're a startup, you know. So we're offering cash splits, stock options if they want them, um, part-time hours, things like that. So finding somebody, and we, we thought that, you know, being that the gig economy is so popular, um, you know, with millennials and Gen Z being able to work whenever they want to, remote work from home, your own hours, that kind of thing, we thought it would be attractive. But we find that people still have, you know, there's, 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 there's still some pushback. I found that it's individualistic based on what that person really desires. And what I'm finding is a powerful form of compensation is growth. Being able to put a growth plan together for somebody has been hugely monumental, especially after COVID today, as to kind of, hey, where's my plan? How do I get to where I'm looking to go? And then how am I going to work on work that's going to challenge me, that I'm going to be excited about? Absolutely. And work with other people who are going to try to help me raise the bar on, on what it is that I'm looking for. And, and that's it right there. We, we, we encourage people, right? We encourage them. It's, here's the thing. When, when you get a job, Fortune 500 company, there's so many people above you that don't care about you now. It's the opposite. And they just, you're just a number. You're just a paycheck. That's where you're just doing your job. But in a startup, in a company like ours, we do care. And we care a lot. And we want your input, your creativity, your feedback, your suggestions. That's what we're looking for, right? So what you just said about being able to grow, there's no better place to grow than a startup because you can start off as like an intern and end up as a VP of marketing. <laughs> I totally agree. But then we also have the issue of people make decisions based on money. Yes. And we have to learn those lessons. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and your link to order your book, Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your company's secret weapon to hiring the strongest talent. Our guest today is Jason Sherman. We're talking a little bit about stopping that revolving door of hire, fire, hire, fire. We just discussed the problem and why it's a problem. And I'm sure you can all resonate with that same pain. Now let's talk about how we solve the problem, Jason. Lay out for me the steps you took to kind of at least get yourself to a point where you're getting closer on the hires. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing we, we felt as though we were, I guess, failing at was we weren't getting enough people who were applying to work with us to do the simple thing of installing our app and trying it out. And this is kind of like, say you work at a toy company and you're not playing with the toys, but you're working at the company. So how do you give input? So we started having people as a requirement. You have to install the app. You have to make a video profile. Once we see that, we know you're interested. We know that you understand the concept. So that was the first part. Next was give us feedback. This shows that you have ideas. This shows that you have creativity. This shows that you care about making the app a better you know, concept. Same goes with our website and our social media. We were like, check out all of our content, our website, ask us questions. Ask us what you don't know about what we're trying to do. Ask us where we're headed. 
we want to know that you're interested in learning more about the path to success versus where we are today. And of course, we need to make sure these people are excited. So I found some Debbie Downers in the interviews where they were just, you know, not smiling, very depressed. Then you had like the super enthusiastic people. And we want to find those happy, positive people, not the ones that are like, well, how much are you paying? Oh, is the video app? That's your first clue, by the way, that that's going to be a bad hire. The first question being, how much does the job pay? Doesn't matter. Go apply for Amazon or something like that. Yes, go work for Target. So let's talk about finding the excited people in the interview. I don't know if you're an attraction person at all or if you know what EOS is, but like one of the things that they talk about is people who get it, want it, and have the capacity to do the work. So those are the three things by which you want to make sure that you're evaluating your people. First off, like people who want it will act differently. What they can tell you what they desire, and if what they desire matches what your company is, then great. That's somebody that you really need to bring through the interview process. Yeah, and I think that brings up a great point that the way we have found success in hiring is when a person immediately understands our pain point that we're solving. As soon as they see the pain point being solved and they relate to it, that's the kind of person that I think works best. I mean, if you are a, an expert at creating soda flavors and then you go work for an ice cream company, that might not be the same thing. You know? So we're, we're looking for people who understand the fact that friendships are really bad right now. I mean, we're talking like 80% of Americans are unhappy, not enough friends. So we're trying to get that number up. And so somebody who gets that and says, yeah, I, I can't make friends and I'm trying to make friends and I don't have an app like this. I wish I had an app like this. I want to work with you guys. And, and that's your point on the ice cream thing, though. If you have a soda person who's really good at making soda flavors, but they want to move to make ice cream. Right. Yeah. That's important to them. You're solving that problem for them. Right. And, and so, but if they're, but if they don't know anything about the next market, you know, if they don't know anything about that vertical and they're not willing to, to change, you know, then it's not going to be a good fit. So I guess my point was like, let's say you work for like Pandora, right? It's a music app. It has nothing to do with like really socializing or making videos. So then you may not be a good fit for us because we're looking for someone that's more about social interaction, you know? somebody who works for Instagram or, you know, TikTok or meetup.com or something. You hit the nail on the head on something that the people who are going to resonate with you are people who are missing their friendships. Exactly. That's important to them, right? So you're actually giving them what they desire. You're giving them an app that they can work on. They can be part of building that'll help them develop their friendships or redevelop their friendships or get them to a point where they develop new friendships much quicker. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, we feel like the people that we're finding are complaining about the problem we're solving. <laughs> you know, that's really, that's, that, those are the A players. The A players are the ones who just, they, they, it snaps, they get it. They don't have to think about it. Um, the others are just looking for a paycheck. And that's, it's a So that's your second point, which is the paycheck. Not focusing on the paycheck. I minimize this as much as possible because the transactional component is the thing that gets you into trouble, especially when you don't have a lot of money to throw around. If you are Amazon, you can lead with transaction because it is a transaction for you. To startup, it's not. It's more about mission. It's more about all those other things that are beneficial to human 
than the money. Yeah, and, and startups have the luxury of having stock options available, which means you can earn a piece of the company. And if you can help the company blow up, then you're going to blow up too, which is better than a paycheck. I mean, obviously, the, the percentage uh, chance of a company like ours becoming the next unicorn is really slim. We know that. You know, everybody knows that. It's it's a tough business. You know, it's like one out of a zillion startups make it past, you know, a $5 million funding round. So we, we, we know that, but there's still the chance. And as much effort as you put into it is how much result we'll get out of it. It reminds me of that scene in Dumb and Dumber when he goes, well, like one in a million. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I know. That's like one of my favorite scenes ever. I actually have it saved on my YouTube. So when I open it up, YouTube, it plays that. It's like the most in infinitesimal chance ever, but there's still that. So you see, there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, hey, look at right time, right market, right team. I mean, it puts you in a position where you can greatly increase those odds. I, mean, I feel like we're doing that. I feel like, we, like I said before, we've done this for a decade and now we're, we're at the exact moment we're supposed to be at. So, so talk to me about the interview piece. It's, it, it started out with using traditional you know, technologies like Indeed.com and Upwork.com and, you know, Craigslist and things like that, whatever's available. And just starting to interview people, you know, 15 minute Zooms. And we were doing like, you know, five to 10. Now you're talking to everybody or just people that fit your criteria? We were looking for people who had some type of social media management uh, experience or graphics and video content creation experience, people who were in that world. Like, you know, you've created videos, you've created graphics, you've promoted other people's accounts, you've run ads, things like that. We were looking for just that kind of stuff. Sure. And we were, and we were going through like, you know, a dozen a week and it was a slog. It was just a lot of the same thing over and over again and not finding people that were who they said they were. A lot of them were trying to basically learn on the job a lot of them did some of the work, but not for the type of business we needed. Like maybe it was like a jewelry business or like a mom and pop restaurant, things like that. That's not the, that's a, that was my analogy before about the soda and the ice cream. I guess it was not a great analogy. It's better to do it more like this, where it's we would get someone who worked for a restaurant positioning them in social media. But when you're doing a social app, that's completely different. You know, it's it's more about branding and messaging versus like food. You know what I mean? So um, then we were finding a lot of people who they just the time zone, like some people were in different parts of the country or the world and we couldn't line up our schedules, even though we might have brought them on board. We would realize suddenly that the schedule didn't work like we needed to be on the same time zone. That was a big problem, too. OK, but how did you solve this then? Well, I mean, one of the first things. I did is the same thing I did from all my businesses is I started to create documentation. That meant like a, a one pager that kind of outlines who we are and what we do. The website, very, I, may, I kept tweaking the website to really kind of show you our messaging. I created a pitch deck that you would hand out to investors typically. I started handing that out to people and saying, here's our pitch deck, learn it. It takes you five minutes to read it. This is what we're all about. And by having this package, think of it like a press kit, you know, it has style guidelines for our social media, like here's what we're looking for. 
Here's the colors we use, the typography, the icons. Here's what we use. Here's a package. Can you take this and use it? And then they would show us what they've done. We would, we would need to see some sort of portfolio. We would need to see some sample imagery or videos, which is what we started to do. We started to say, hey, send us a sample image or video that you make specifically for Spinner that shows us something that we could post on social media. If you can do that, then we can talk about hiring you. So we started giving people more work uh, ahead of hiring versus bringing them on, onboarding. A whole week later, we realized they can't do what we need. Kind of like a homework assignment. This was your barrier to entry that you put up in order for somebody to get the interview. We made it a little harder. We're saying we, we don't need you, you need us, or you know, we're not looking for just any person. We're looking for someone exceptional. Prove it to us, show us. But you were primarily just running inbound leads, right? So anybody who came from Indeed or one of the job boards, were you actually doing any outbound recruiting, referrals, that sort of thing? We were emailing people. We were calling people. We were texting people and saying, hey, we're looking for people. If you know anybody, please let us know. And then, you know, someone's cousin, someone's sister, someone's, nice. you know, brother, whatever. We were posting on our personal social media pages. Got it like Facebook and LinkedIn. I mean, we were definitely at one point reaching out to everybody and just trying to get a couple of people to, to join us. Walk me through that process. I think when we talked offline, you said, hey, we figured out this process to get four people who work. Just kind of outline that for me if you could. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's like Groundhog Day, right? Like I, we were going through this process over and over and over and smashing that alarm clock. Sure. And, uh, and, 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 and trying to get to the point where I got past the part where Ned Ryerson steps in that puddle. So it was, how could I get past that part? And, and I finally figured out that when somebody presented their package and their example, I was able to get one person. Boom. You know, and, and then finally, after we went through that new onboarding process, we realized we can get another person. And, we, and we, we've only gotten a couple people out of this process, but we don't need much more right now because we are a startup. Quality over quantity is the, is the biggest take home here is quality over quantity. You can have 10 really horrible people and one really good one. And that one really good one is going to just destroy those 10 not great ones. Well, you know what? I find it really smart that you actually kind of created, in essence, a video call to action. Do this assignment, send it off to us. I found that the way people apply for jobs is pretty indicative of into the way they're going to work. So if people just kind of lazily send their resume out, that's kind of what you're going to end up getting. If somebody takes the time and puts thought into it before they actually apply and send a note with some sort of reference point, those are the people that are usually successful, number one, in the interview process. And number two, they're successful hires most of the time. Yeah, and essentially giving them that process, what you just said, right, of like getting that extra bit, saying to them, no, this, this is the process. You have to comply with this or we're not going to hire you versus, versus just sending in your resume. That's not going to work. You know, you need to do these things. And, you know, we tried an in-person event just this last weekend. You know, we, we, we sent out invitations. We got like 30, 40, 50 RSVPs. And we got a fraction of that actually show up. It's again, it's proof that even when you try hard to get people to come out to something, 
telling them they're going to be compensated, telling them they're going to be hired, and you still only get a fraction. It just shows you the, the, the willpower of these people. It's just not there anymore. Wait, how many people showed up for you? Like 10. Okay. You know, and we hired a couple, but a couple were, again, they were demanding payment when they just didn't do a great job. And we were wondering, why would, why would you demand payment if you didn't do a great job? I mean, we can't use any of the material you made for us. We're not using any of it. It was just a wash. So we're just paying you for no reasons. That's fine. So we pay you to get, you know, to, to, to give you money, but we wanted to hire you. So you lost a job <laughs> just, just, just so you can get your measly, you know, a couple of bucks or whatever. So well, I think a lot of people want to be paid just for showing up. This is the, the, the participation trophy situation. Yeah. They wanted to get a trophy for showing up, but I'll tell you what, it did work. We did hire two to three people. Perfect. At this at this event, and that's really that's perfect. You know, um, I, I think according to um, Alex and Kristen, um, part of my team, they they said that they actually got more people who did not show up that said they still want to work with us. They just couldn't come that day. So we did get more people that essentially want to work with us as brand ambassadors. So it might work out. I mean, we just got to see how it goes. We're getting pretty close on time, Jason. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? Have a package ready to send out to people as an onboarding process so that they can understand your vision, your mission, your the path to success, what they, what they should be expecting from working with you, and some sort of example of what they can give to your company. Look for people who are enthusiastic and who want to be a part of your company, not just get a paycheck. They actually care and want to give you feedback. And look for people who genuinely have an expertise in some sort of area of what your business is. Um, not just somebody who did something similar, but really close to what your business is or understands your pain point, the problem you're solving, because they're the ones who are gonna care and are gonna push and be um, evangelized to, you know, they're gonna promote it to all their friends and family. Such great takeaways for the audience today. Thanks, Jason, so much for your time investment today. And I wanna welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find your company, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Easiest way is my website, jasonsherman.org. I'm on social media all over the place, and all my links are on my website. You can check out spinner.app if you want to try out the app, and um, that's pretty much it. And they'll all be linked in the show notes. So I want to thank you for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power Radio. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all this shows for you. So we want to continue to deliver valuable content week after week for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Steve Anderson. Steve is the co-founder and CEO of Catalyst. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.